3, <clears throat> 2 Kings chapter 3. And uh, while you're turning, I need to talk about something. Um, <clears throat> last month was peanut butter month, and this month is baby bottle month. So if you have not gotten your baby bottle uh, yet, you need to grab one. And if you were not here this morning, let me explain what the baby bottle is for. Uh, the baby bottle is for you to fill up with loose change. And then at the end of the month, we'll turn them all over to the Crisis Pregnancy Center. And all of the money that comes in goes directly to the Crisis Pregnancy Center. Now, if you uh, are one of those people that uh, don't use change or money, uh, a check counts as a full bottle, right? And uh, make the check out to the... Can they just write CPC on it? Okay. Just make the check out to the CPC, drop it in a, in a baby bottle, and then give it back and... Uh, it's an it's amazing how much money we collect every year through through change, but uh, anyway, so don't forget this is baby bottle month, and uh, and uh, make sure you get your baby bottle on the way out the door. And while I'm thinking of it, there's a there was at the beginning of church anyway uh, a bucket full of apples off of our tree, and any of those apples just take them please. I've got a whole lot more, and I'll probably be bringing in another bucket or two. Uh, next week, so uh, and help yourself to those, please. Second Kings, uh, chapter three. What does it mean to succeed? Anybody want to take a shot at it? Yes. To win? Okay, that's about as good as you're going to get right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, <clears throat> When James Garfield, uh, who later became the president of the United States, was the principal at Herman uh, College of Ohio, a father asked him if the course of study could be simplified so that his son might be able to go through by a shorter route. <clears throat> Garfield replied, certainly, but it all depends on what you want to make of your boy. When God wants to <clears throat> make an oak tree, he takes a hundred years. When he wants to make a squash, it takes about two months. You know, and, and uh, we live in a, in a society today, or, or do we not, that, that, that everybody wants the shortcuts. Everybody wants the squash. And there are a lot of squashes in our world today. Very, and, and very few oak trees. Very, very few oak trees. <clears throat> uh, George MacDonald said this, In whatever man does without God, he must fail miserably or succeed more miserably. I want to I let this one sink in, so I'm going to read it again, because this is really good. Whatever, in whatever man does without God, he must fail miserably or succeed more miserably. Absolutely, we did. Yep. It's a sad thing. Anything we do without God, we're gonna we're gonna either either fail miserably or succeed more miserably. Joseph Stonewall. Or excuse me, Stowell. Excuse me, uh, Joseph Stowell said this: "What is success? In my book, one in, one ingredient of success is meaningfully, uh, or excuse me, meaningful time with my children." As a friend of mine observed, I have yet to hear anyone on his deathbed wishing he had spent more time at the office. Think about it. Success is something that is different to each person, by the way. Uh, we, we gauge the success of our lives uh, on our own personal goals that we, that we set for ourselves. The actual definition of success is this, to happen or to terminate according to desire, turn out successfully, have the desired result, or as this young lady said, to win. 
In 2 Kings chapter 3, we will see no miracle from Elijah, excuse me, Elisha. There's no miracle here. Uh, Elisha uh, is not even mentioned until verses 11 and 12. But we will see his influence in the lives of God's people. In 2 Kings chapter 3, let's start reading in verse 1. Now Jehoram, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, uh, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. And he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and like his mother. Now who was his father and mother again? Ahab and Jezebel. Okay, so what, what God is saying here is this, this guy, uh, Jehoram, was wicked, but he wasn't as wicked as his mom and dad, which, you know, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, and he put away the images of Baal that his father had, had made. Nevertheless, he cleaved unto the sin of Jehoram, excuse uh, 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 me, Jeroboam, uh, the son of Nabat, which made Israel to sin, uh, he departed not therefrom. And Misha, the king of Moab, uh, was a sheep master and rendered unto, Israel, unto the king of Israel an hundred thousand lamb and a hundred thousand uh, ram with uh, the wool. Excuse me. But it came to pass when Ahab was dead, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you again for this wonderful day you've given us. We ask that you would speak to our hearts through your word tonight. And Lord, help us to get a better idea of what true success really is. And Lord, we ask that uh, you would do all of this in your son's precious and holy name. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jehoram uh, was a bad guy, but he was not as bad as his, his father and his mother, obviously. But he cleaved to the sin of Jeroboam. Now, you know, it doesn't tell us what that sin is here, but it just says that he cleaved to the sin of Jeroboam. Can anybody tell me what the sin of Jeroboam was? Anybody remember? Okay, well, let, let's go back. Who was Jeroboam? Uh, I'm sorry? No. Okay, when, when uh, uh, Solomon's son... Split the kingdom. Wait a second, wait a second. What was Solomon's son's name? It was Jeroboam. No, Solomon's son's name was... Oh, come on, I can't believe I'm... Rehoboam, that's what... Okay, man, you messed me up, man. You, you said that, I'm like, man, freak out, man. Okay, Rehoboam was the son of Solomon. And when Rehoboam did not listen to the elders, the nation split into the northern t- ten tribes and the two southern tribes. <clears throat> Jeroboam became king over the ten northern tribes. Okay, what did Rehoboam or Jer- <laughs> What did Jeroboam do as soon as he took over? Idols. He set up idols. He set up two two cities. In fact. Uh, 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 for idol worship. So when it says here that uh, 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 Jehoram did not follow the sins of his father and his mother, but he cleaved to the idols that Jeroboam had set up. So he still was a man who did not believe in God. He was a man who worshipped idols. Now, who is Moab? Anybody know? Okay, Moab was a nation formed. <clears throat> Moab was the son of Lot, who was fathered from an illicit uh, relationship with his daughters. Remember, uh, if you if you remember going back into 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 uh, Genesis, <clears throat> uh, Lot <clears throat> had had two daughters and had a son by each daughter. Well, one of them was Moab. So. The country of Moab, <clears throat> David, 
had brought the the people of Moab under sub, into subjection. Uh, when David was king, he went down uh, to <clears throat> excuse me. He went down to Moab and he and he brought them in, under subjection, and they had to pay every year. That we read here, the, the um, what was in verse four, um, uh, the hundred thousand lambs and a hundred thousand ram uh, uh, with with wool. That was their bounty or, or their payment, if you would, to keep Israel uh, from from going down and just whooping on them. Uh, so <clears throat> so that's what David did. But when the kingdom split, Ahab made. Moab continued the payments, but when Moab died, or when Ahab died, <clears throat> Jehoram was just a kid, and and the leader of Moab says, you know what, we're not paying no more, and and thus conflict starts. <clears throat> In the following verses, and I'm, I'm going to kind of skim through these first few verses here to get us up to speed. Uh, it, uh, Jehoram reaches out to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. And then he reaches out. Hey, can you put that map up, Chris? It would, it would help me explain this a little bit better. <clears throat> okay. This, this. Come on. There it goes. Okay. This light blue here is the northern ten tribes. This kind of, I don't know what color that is, uh, uh, brown. Uh, this would be uh, Judah, the northern two tribes. And then this down here is the king of Edom. And then Moab is right here. They're all neighbors, and, and they all hate each other. <laughs> okay, so what happens is, and in a nutshell, I'm just trying to simplify the story here. When, when Moab rebels against uh, Jehoram, Jehoram comes down here to Judah and talks Jehoshaphat, who was a good king, into fighting with him against Moab. And then they came down into Edom, and they got the king of Edom to go against Moab as well. Does, does that make sense? Okay. <clears throat> so it, it's it's important we you kind of get this because it'll it'll make a little bit more sense as we get into the ver into the into the into the uh, the, the the sermon tonight. In verse nine, it says, <clears throat> "And the king of Israel, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom, uh, and they uh, fetched a compass of seven days' journey, and they <clears throat> uh, excuse me, and there was no water for the host." <clears throat> Uh, uh, and for the cattle that followed them. So what happened here was, uh, again, uh, Jehoram comes down here, gets Jehoshaphat. They come down and get the king of Edom, and then all three of them pull an end around, and they, and they come up to attack uh, Moab from, from, from the backside. They, they, it's a sneak attack because... Moab is just thinking that they're that they're fighting here, so they're prepared up here, not down, not down here. So by doing that, does anybody know what all of this is? Desert. desert. It's all desert. They spend seven days marching, coming up to attack from behind, <clears throat> but they, they did it, and it's all desert, and there was nothing to drink for seven days. So the problem is that they surprised the king of Moab, successfully surprised him, but all their men are exhausted and dehydrated. The last thing in the world they can do is go fight. So, <clears throat> um, you have a three-king consortium here, if you would. You have a wicked king. You have a good king. And then you have a, <clears throat> a pagan king. You have all three of these kings and their armies coming to attack Moab. <clears throat> Let, let's look at verse 10. And the king of Israel s said, Alas, that the Lord hath called these kings together to deliver them unto the hand of Moab. 
<coughs> excuse me. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not a prophet in the, uh, of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord of him, uh, by him? And uh, one of the kings of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shabbat, uh, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. In other words, he, he was Elijah's servant. And verse 12, And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and the king of Jehoshaphat—excuse uh, 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 me—the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king uh, and the king of Edom went down to him. Now you have these three kings uh, going down to pick the brain, if you would, of Elisha. Now <clears throat> it's interesting here that in verse 10 we see that the king of Israel panics and blames God for the problem. The king of Judah turns to God for the answers. And the king of Edom says and does nothing. The title of my message is The Power to Succeed. The Power to Succeed. <clears throat> The remainder part of the chapter here describes a miracle which was brought forth by God to defeat Moab. The first point that we're, we have tonight is the, the conversation with Elijah. Uh, excuse me, Elisha. The conversation with Elisha. Look at verse 12. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the kings of Israel... Uh, and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down uh, to him. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, or Jehoram, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the, uh, to the prophets of thy father and, <clears throat> and to the prophets of thy mother. Uh, and the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord hath uh, called these three kings together uh, to deliver them uh, uh, unto the hand of the Moab, uh, under the hand of Moab, and Elisha said, "As the Lord of hosts liveth, be, uh, before whom I stand, surely uh, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee nor see thee." Now it's interesting here that <clears throat> you you have this consortium of, of kings that goes, goes forward, one goes in faith. Who was that? Jehoshaphat. Jehoram went reluctantly, and the pagan king, he, he went in unbelief. Elisha looks at Jehoram, and he says this. In 21st century vernacular, he says, why are you talking to me, man? Go, 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 go talk to the prophets of your mom and dad. Why, why are you talking to me? And then in verse 14, he says, you know what? The truth is, if Jehoshaphat wasn't with you, we wouldn't be having this conversation to begin with. Now, I don't know about you, but that, that seems to me just a little harsh. Now, the prophets in all of this time, can we get that map back up, Chris? Thank you. Um, <clears throat> the prophets in this time period ministered to either the northern ten tribes or the southern two tribes. As you go through the, as you go through the, 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 the different prophets, it's important to understand which section that they, they ministered to. Now, does anybody know which of the, of the northern tribe or the southern tribes, which one did Elisha minister to? The northern ten tribes. But he had zero respect for the king because he knew the king was wicked. And he, and he looks at the king and, and he says, basically, he's like, you know what? If you, ha if you didn't bring Jehoshaphat with you, we, I, I wouldn't even be, be powwowing with you. Jeremiah said something very similar many, many years later. 
In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 28 and 29, it says, But there are, are thy gods that thou hast uh, made thee. Uh, let them arise, if they can uh, <clears throat> save thee in the time of trouble. For according to the uh, number of the cities of thy gods, O Judah, <clears throat> wherefore will ye uh, plead uh, with me? Uh, ye are all have all transgressed against me, saith the Lord. Now, who is Jeremiah ministering to? No, the, the, Jeremiah's uh, the, the southern, the southern two. He calls them Judah, and that, that's the southern two tribes. So, so eventually, what happens to Judah? They they follow the same the same pattern as as Israel does. <clears throat> so. You know, the unfortunate thing is many of, uh, of us today learn the hard way. And <clears throat> is, is the hard way the best teacher? No, it is not. There is a, there is a false uh, quote out in the world that says uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, the best teacher is the school of hard knocks. You know, that, that is not true. The best teacher is the Word of God. And if we will live by this, uh, we, we won't have to go through those, those difficult times. <clears throat> but Jehoshaphat here, rec- or, or not Jehoshaphat, uh, Elisha recognizes Jehoshaphat's righteousness, the fact that he was a good king. The next thing that we see is the plan. Well, before we, get to, before we get to the plan, you can go ahead and leave that up, Chris. One of the things that really troubles me in, in all of this, even with Jehoshaphat, when did they seek God? After they were in trouble. And, and see... How many of us do the exact same thing? You know, I, I, I can't tell you how many people have come to me over the last 10 years and said, Pastor, I'm in big trouble. Can God help me? Well, where have you been for the last, you know, however months it got you, you know, it took you to get into this mess? You know, well, you know, and, and the stories are just endless. But the, the reality is, that they, they didn't seek the Lord until it was too late. Now, what do you think, had, had Jehoshaphat gone to God and said, hey, God, uh, Jehoram uh, wants me to go fight against Moab. Uh, and he wants to go down to Edom and get the pagan king, we don't know his name, uh, to, to go with us. So the three of us can go fight against Moab. God, do you think that would be a good idea? What do you think God would have said? No. No. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> what, why do, would you say that? What? Okay. <laughs> have, have, exactly. Have you heard of this verse that talks about being unequally yoked? You know, uh, but but it's too late. The, the 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 pact has already been made. The 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 march has already taken place. They get to where they want. They've they've accomplished the surprise that they wanted, but now they can't fight because everybody's dehydrated and exhausted. But God always has a plan. How many times have you done something like me, something really stupid? And God has bailed you out more more times than I can I can count. Praise God for His mercy Amen. and His grace. Anyway, we have a plan. <clears throat> Elisha, uh, well, let's read in verses 15 to 19. We'll we'll read the plan. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but now, uh, bring me a, a minstrel. So Elisha calls for a minstrel. Uh, and it came to pass when the minstrel played uh, that the hand of the Lord came upon him, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make uh, this valley full of ditches. Uh, for this saith the Lord, Ye shall 
not see wind, neither shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water that ye may uh, drink, both ye and your cattle and your beast. And this is but a uh, light thing in the sight of the Lord. And uh, he will deliver the Moabites uh, uh, also into thine hand. And, and, and please, please get this verse because we're going to come back to this verse because this is a key verse. Verse 19, And ye shall smite every fence city and every choice city and shall fell every good tree and stop all the wells of water and mar every good piece of land with stones. Now, <clears throat> we look at this and we think, wow, okay, a, a minstrel came. What is a minstrel? It's, it's somebody who plays a, a probably something like what we would call a guitar today, uh, a stringed instrument. So he calls for the minstrel. And <clears throat> why did he call for a minstrel? I, I don't know. Maybe he had a headache. I, I don't know. But no, seriously, I, as I started thinking about it, I thought, why would he call for somebody to just come play very soft, melodious kind of music? Because that's what a minstrel would do. Well, I believe it was more about meditation. Because there are times in my life where, where life seems to be going faster and faster and faster. And sometimes the only thing I can do is get along with God, turn on some, some very calming music, and, and what happens? My, my, my brain kind of just kind of, you know, uh, I, I don't know. It, it helps me. I don't know if, if that's what he, he, the purpose of it. We don't know. Uh, we just know that it happened. <clears throat> can you imagine the, the discussion that took place between the three kings. Elisha goes to the three kings and he says, go to this valley and dig ditches. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you, but that to me makes zero uh, uh, sense when it comes to fighting an enemy. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the, yeah, exactly. So I, I could just see this, you know, as, as I was thinking and praying about it, I, I thought, wow, you know, I could see uh, 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 Jehoram thinking, oh, this is stupid. What, I, what do you mean go here and do, dig, dig what? You want me to do what? And and the king of Moab, we, we you know, I, I'm sure he's like, we ain't doing that. My, my, no, we're not doing that. But I can see Jehoshaphat encouraging these, this pagan and this ungodly king to say, what, guys, look, the man of God has spoken. And the word of God is true. We need to do what he says. How many times, how many times has unsaved family come to you and said, help. Well, this is what the Bible says. Well, that doesn't make sense. I don't care it doesn't make sense. This is what the Bible says. I was talking to somebody earlier today and uh, a very similar situation that Melanie and I went through when we were first, when we were first married. And we started having, you know, you know we had the, the, the two kids and <clears throat> we were accused of being mean and hateful to our kids because we spanked them and and my cousins and my aunts and uncles we you know that you know <clears throat> but you know what happened when our kids became teenagers and their kids became teenagers do you know what started happening i started getting phone calls help me rick what do i do well it's too late stupid <laughs> Ten years ago, I could have helped you. But, but see, what happens is, you know, you can talk to them on the phone, you can give them counsel, and, they, and they'll say, oh, that won't work. Okay, okay, it worked for me. 
See, you know, and, and I just I just have this, and I don't know if it, if it happened that way. I have no idea. But I could just see this struggle between these kings going back and forth. I ain't doing that. Well, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. But I am convinced in my heart, and I, again, I have no proof of this, but I am just convinced that Jehoshaphat stood his ground and insisted that they do what God told them to do. Because they did what God told them to do. <clears throat> there's an important lesson in this, and, and please get a hold of this. Sometimes God will put us through things that we do not understand. Amen. And he will ask us to do things that make absolutely no sense. But it works. It works. This whole thing is an exercise of faith. Had they not dug any ditches, there would have been no water. They dig ditches, they get water. But there's something else that we're missing here. What happens if they dug the ditches deeper? They got more water. See, it's all an exercise of faith. And there are times in our lives where God will come along and and he'll say to us, hey, go dig a ditch. And you go, okay. And you go out and you dig a ditch and, and, and you end up with that much blessing. And there are times in your life where God says, go dig a ditch. And you think, okay, I need God's. I'm digging me a dig a big ditch. And God does something miraculous. And, and, and the truth is, had they dug these ditches a mile deep, they would all still been full of water. See, the, the measure of the blessing was determined by the measure of the effort. Think about that. How much effort do we put in to serving God? That's how much you're going to be blessed. Now, I know Trayon uh, absolutely loved getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning and standing in, 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 in feces and other things uh, up to her knees. I know that was on the height of your to-do list. Hey, check that puppy off, baby. You're done. But the, the reality is, do you, do, you, do you have any questions why God blesses the CPC so much? Because of the effort that's put in. And it's not just her. It's every volunteer. How much blessing do you want in your life? Go dig a ditch. A deep one. And watch God fill it up with water. Their faith decided how great the blessing would be. I saw a quote, so I I thought I'd share it with you. It says, plan ahead. It was not raining when Noah built the ark. (laughs) I'm sure you have. It's been around a long time, but I I happened across it the other day. I thought, oh, I'm going to throw that in. In in Hebrews chapter 11, though, uh, uh, verse 7, uh, please get a hold of this. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, as yet. In other words, it had never rained. Now, honestly, if God came to you like he would have come to, to Noah and said, hey, buddy, <clears throat> it's going to start raining in a, few, in a few years. And it was years. It took that long to make the ark, just saying. Uh, it's going to start raining and, and uh, you're going to need a boat. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to build this boat and you give them all the men. And, and, and I could just see Noah going, What's rain? It's going to what? And then he spent the rest of his time prior to the flood preaching that it's going to start raining. And everybody's going, it's going to what? Why are you building this boat, Noah? By faith. How strong is your faith? 
How deep is your ditch? In other words, excuse me. Uh, Moved with fear, prepared an ark uh, to the saving of his house uh, by the which he commanded the world. Excuse me, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How do we live by faith? God says, go dig a ditch. Why? It doesn't matter. Go dig a ditch. Dig it deep and wide and see the blessings of God in your life. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. For, uh, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, who is that talking about? You and me. It's it's written to you and me. And how are we supposed to live? We are supposed to live by faith. How were the Old Testament believers supposed to live? By faith. Now, they had had signs and different things, but the, the principle was still there. They were supposed to live by faith. Look at verse 20. We'll see the miracle. Uh, Point number three. And it came to to pass in the morning when the meat offering was offered that, behold, there came water uh, by the way of Edom and the country was filled with water. Can you put that that map back up? Okay, now this is really critical you get a hold of this because if you don't get this, you kind of miss the whole point of the miracle. The king of Israel gets the king of uh, uh, Judah with the king of Edom and they attack from the backside uh, and they catch Moab off guard. But they can't attack because they don't have any water. Now, the rain or the water came via Edom. Anybody have any idea the direction storms normally came? From the, from the north. By coming this way, filling, I don't know where the battle took place, we'll just say it's right here, filling the valley with water, they were able to replenish their soldiers and their, their horses and their cattle and all of their supplies, and they were able to make their attack. Moab had no idea because the, 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 the rain came from the wrong direction. So Moab thought, hey, they just marched seven days through the desert. They don't have any water. This is going to be a piece of cake. Because of their obedience, there was an abundance of water. Because they went to the valley and they dug the ditches, there was an abundance of water. Now, we have talked on multiple occasions, um, uh, especially when we were going through the the, the ten plagues of of Egypt on Sunday mornings. We talked a lot about the purpose of the plagues. Why did God bring these plagues? Why? why? Because each one had a reason and a purpose. And it's important that we get a hold of that. Why do you think God chose to bless this ungodly union between a king that was ungodly, a godly king, and a pagan king. Why do you think God would have blessed that ungodly union? Anybody? To show his power over all. And and I sat down and I started thinking about it, and I thought, you know what? One of the, the obvious reasons why was because the troops that were involved it wasn't their fault. It was the king's fault. So he brought water to replenish the troops. He brought water to replenish the, the livestock that was with him. I believe, though, more important than anything, he did it to show his, his power and his strength to Jehoram and to the, God, or to, the, to the king of Edom to show his might and his strength 
because God asked them to do something ridiculous. Go out and dig ditches. And God showed himself strong in the lives of some men that didn't believe in him. But at the same time, I believe he did it to strengthen the faith of Jehoshaphat. There are multiple reasons why God would have answered the prayer. We, we can only guess, but I cannot imagine the impact that it left on the king of Edom and Jehoram and Jehoshaphat, actually. Let's look at verse 21. <clears throat> and when all Moab uh, heard, or, excuse me, all the Moabites heard that the king was come up to fight against them, uh, they gathered all uh, that were able uh, to put on armor and upward and stood in the border. And they arose, uh, or, and they rose up early in the morning, uh, and in the sun the sun shone upon the water and the Moabites saw the water on the other side, excuse me, as red as blood. And they said, uh, this is, this is blood and the Kings are surely slain and they have smitten one another. Now, therefore, uh, Moab to the spoil. <clears throat> In other words, they were believing a lie. And when they came, to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and smote the Moabites, so that they uh, that fled uh, before them. <clears throat> but they went forward, smiting the Moabites even in the in their country, and they beat down the cities, and uh, on every uh, good piece of land cast every man his stones and filled it, and they stopped all the wells of water and, and, and felled all the good trees only uh, in the Kerhasset, uh, uh, whatever, uh, uh, left they stones thereof. Howbeit the, the uh, sling, slingers uh, went about uh, and, and smote it. Okay, so here you see the battle. The battle takes place. Moab... Uh, believes that they are seeing something that that is not reality, and they they think, hey, man, we got this thing. These guys are all are all you know probably uh, uh, dying of thirst, and many of them are, are probably super hungry. We're going to go in and just clean this mess up, and we're going to call it a victory. Well, you know the the, the problem is <clears throat> they were not seeing reality. How do well, let, let me ask you a question. Is this book reality? Yes. Absolutely it is. What does the world think of this book? It, it, that, it, yeah. In the kindest way, it's a guideline. In the worst way, it's a fairy Okay. So who's believing a lie? They are. We have the answers of life. Every, every, every problem of life is dealt with in this book. And yet, I have unsafe family that they'll call me and they'll say, Rick, what do I do? And I'll, and I'll tell them, hey, well, the Bible says it. Well, I don't know what the Bible says. I want you to tell me what to do. What have they done? They've chosen to believe a lie. And that is exactly what the Moabites did. They believed fiction. They believe what they could see with their eyes. Faith is beyond our eyes. We can't see faith. We can exercise it and we can see the results of faith. But faith is the evidence of things hoped for and, and the evidence of things not seen. I think I just messed that up, but you know what I'm saying. I want you to get a hold of verse 26 and 27. And when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him, he took with him 700 men and drew uh, swords and brake through even unto the king of Edom, <clears throat> but they could not. Then he took his eldest son that should have reigned in his stead and offered him as a burnt offering upon the wall. 
And there was a great indignation against Israel. And they departed from him and returned to their own land. Moab counterattacks, basically. And they, they confront the king of Edom, and they are unsuccessful. And the three kings are triumphant. And, and, and I don't know why, it, it doesn't tell us why the king of Moab sacrificed his own son. I, I'm assuming, uh, the only thing I can assume is that he was hoping that his gods would see his sincerity and come to his rally. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't understand it. But the three kings were triumphant. They took away Moab's ability to wage war. But they were not defeated. They were not defeated. Look at verse 27 again at the very end. And they departed from him and returned to their own lands. In other words, they won the battle, but they lost the war. Go back to verse 19 that I told you to pay close attention to. What was the promise that Elisha gave the three kings? He says in verse 19, And ye shall smite every fenced city, every fenced city, and every choice city, and shall uh, fell every good tree, and stop all wells of water, and mar every piece of Good, excuse me, good piece of land with stones. But they didn't do that. They didn't do that. They won the battle and they turned around and went home. God had given guaranteed deliverance of the Moabites into their hands but they decided not to pursue them. The king, the king escapes <clears throat> and is not hurt, not killed. And the reality is this. They could have utterly destroyed Moab completely. God had promised them every city, every, every well, every piece of good land, everything, everything he was going to deliver into his hands. And they didn't do it. Can anybody imagine why they didn't do it? It was hard work. It was hard work. God said, if you will pursue them, you will have victory. But the reality was, it was going to be an extended time of war, would it not be? It would would be a hard thing and many people would have to be gone a long time and and these three kings got together and said you know what we won the we won this fight let's go home and and just count it count it good and they left and moab was never able to regroup well enough to uh, be able to cause war again but if you know anything about history the Moabites tormented them forever. And, have they, and had they only done what God had told them to do. What can we learn from this? <laughs> okay. See, the reality is this. Often, there you go. Yeah, buy an RV, move it often. Okay. <laughs> no, seriously. You know, Christian life is work. God doesn't just give us everything. And it's up to us to work hard to succeed. The title of my message was The Power to Succeed. Did God give them the power to succeed? Yes. He did, but they didn't. They, 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 they were successful in the battle, but they did not succeed. Does that make sense? Yes. 
I want to read you a story that every time I get discouraged or any time I want to quit, God brings this story back to me. And I've shared it in, in church before, but this is something that, that I remember as a boy, this event happening. In 1968, the, the Olympics were in Mexico City. I was eight years old when this happened. And, I, and at the time, I, I loved cross-country running. So I, I used to watch the marathon. That was my in fact. In fact, right now, that's the only thing I like watching with the Olympics now. It's just, just the marathon. In 1968, the best runners in the world assembled together uh, to run one of the most grueling marathons ever because of the high altitude, it made it even more difficult. More than an hour after the gold medal winner had been crowned, the lights turned off and the spectators mostly gone, Stephen Akwani of Tanzania entered the Coliseum. As he came into view, some laughed, and their laughter turned to silence as the exhausted runner continued. Legs wobbling, feet bleeding, his knee wrapped in a bandage, moved slowly toward the finish line. As the lights came back on, he crossed the finish line, holding his leg. A news reporter asked him after the race why he had not dropped out of the race, seeing he had no chance to win. His reply was simple. My country did not send me to Mexico City to start the race. They sent me here to finish it. God hasn't called us to quit. God's called us to finish the race. See, Stephen Akwani was not successful in winning the race, but he succeeded in his goal. He didn't quit. Way too often, we like this consortium of kings, we win the battle and we think, yes, we got this. And we quit. God says, no, there's much more to do. There's much more that needs to be done. And every time I feel like quitting, God reminds me of this, this event that took place when I was eight years old. I can remember sitting in the living room with a black and white television. <laughs> Y'all, you guys don't even know what that is, do you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sitting there watching this black and white television, watching him cross the finish line. Having no idea as an eight-year-old boy the, the, the impact that that would have later in my life. Most people would have quit, but he didn't quit. God has not called us to win a battle. He's called us to succeed. And we will only succeed if we keep fighting. Let's pray.